Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Broken Vessels Mended by God podcast. We are in the middle of a series called It Is Well With My Soul, and it is a Bible study series that helps us deal with fear and anxiety. We have been looking at various passages of scripture that are very well known and probably are some of your go-to passages of scripture when you are dealing with fear and anxiety. And in this lesson, lesson six, we're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians 10, verses three through five. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Think back to Genesis when Adam and Eve were tempted in the Garden of Eden. Use your imagination for a moment to picture the beautiful, sinless environment of the Garden of Eden. Once the couple ate of the tree, once the couple ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, their eyes were opened. One of the very real effects of the fall is our propensity to know good and evil. <coughs> With this knowledge comes great worry, anxiety, and fear. Social media and the news can exacerbate these effects, and Satan loves this. But God. That is the truth that sets us free. God has made a way to be set free from these effects, even though we know good and evil. We have a God who provided a way for us. And aren't you glad you don't have to take up sword and shield every day to do battle against a carnal enemy? No. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth to encourage them, because obviously they were dealing with many of the same things we deal with today. He wrote, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So in Paul's letter to the believers in Corinth, he understood that the opponents to the Christian faith were of Satan, and these strongholds seemed impenetrable. Yet, Paul reminded the church and us that we do have weapons to defeat these spiritual opponents. Although we are in the flesh, our opponents are invisible to the eye, and these opponents attack us in our minds. Worry, anxiety, fear are all weapons of the opponents of Jesus. Did Paul understand spiritual battle from experience? We read in Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 18. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a demon of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the girl, 
said to the demon, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. So we see in the book of Acts, Paul understood about spiritual warfare and the realm of these spirits because he had battled them. The Armor of God Because we do not fight with blades of steel and shields, we must fight. We still must fight. Our weapons are far more powerful and yield a much deadlier blow to the enemy than any sword could. Our weapons are powered by God himself. Our weaponry is purposed by God himself to defeat our foe and destroy the strongholds of Satan. I wrote a Bible study a few years ago about what Paul had written in Ephesians 6 and the importance of putting on the whole armor of God, not just wielding the sword of truth, God's word. Each piece of the armor he wrote about serves a purpose. Paul understood this just by studying the Roman guards posted at his door. In Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 18, we read that truth matters. It is the truth, the sort of truth that saves us and frees our minds when they begin to doubt. When we begin to doubt and ask, but what if this happens or what if that happens? I know I spent several minutes in bed the other day worrying about what could have happened. And I had to remind myself, but Ruth, it didn't happen. And then I'd say, yeah, but it could have. And then I'd remind myself, but it didn't happen. And I was able to fall back to sleep. But we do that. Our mind starts to take off in all these different directions, asking, what if this happens? Or what if that happens? And these lies can trap us and cause us to slip away from God's truth. We read in John chapter 18 and Ephesians 1 about this, that Paul and John reminded readers of these letters that they already know the truth, and it is the truth that sets them free. We just forget it from time to time, don't we? And what is this truth that we are to remember every day before going into battle? In him you also trusted, it says in God's word, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Is truth important today? Yes, especially now that algorithms can change things up in a moment and make fake news seem real. I'd say truth matters now more than ever. In the first century, the enemy of the Christians appeared to be the Roman Empire, but Paul understood who the real enemy was. He wrote in Ephesians 6, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the forces of evil and hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The early church struggled with the same effects that we struggle with today. Our minds can fall victim to those lies whispered by Satan in the spiritual realm. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds. Paul wrote these words to encourage us, to remind us of the truth. God gave us away, didn't he? He used Paul to help us even to this day. Praise God indeed. Paul's reminder to the church is also to us. We have weapons, and the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God. Although Paul saw the mighty weapons and armor of the Roman guards, he knew the weapons of our God are even mightier. Do you know this? How does this fact bring you comfort today? Stronghold. The definition of stronghold is a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. These strongholds were citadels, fortresses, or castles of old. But what did the strongholds of Satan look like? We can only imagine. But one thing we can know for certain is that the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God and can destroy these strongholds by the power of God. So we need to tap into that power every day. By the power of God, we are able to flee the temptations put before us. And these temptations look like fear, anxiety, and worry about things we cannot control, or even things we can control. And sometimes, when I lie in bed worrying about projects I need to finish at work, or health issues that might arise, I remind myself that there's nothing I can do about it now at 2 a.m., so I give my, per- so I give my mind permission to rest and go to sleep because I remember God is in control of everything. So I pray to him, I roll everything over to him, and I go back to sleep. In his letter to Corinth, Paul reminds us that we have the weapons to destroy those strongholds of sin and evil in our lives. Strongholds that include anxiety, depression, and fear. By the very power of God and those weapons of warfare that are mighty in God, we can demolish these strongholds. He wrote, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Why would Paul include this part in his letter? Well, could it be that the early church in Corinth was having trouble defending truth as much as we do? The truth of God's word? What about you? Are you able to defend God's word as truth, infallible and inerrant truth? Infallible means incapable of making mistakes or being wrong. Inerrant means incapable of being wrong. So Paul must have known that some of the believers in Corinth struggled in this area because he encouraged them to use the weapons of God to destroy arguments that exalted themselves against the knowledge of God. We must be prepared to defend God's word as infallible and inerrant in today's world. People need absolute truth to lean on during difficult times. Remember what happened in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and their eyes were opened to this knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. Why would God not want them to have this knowledge? Well, many biblical scholars believe it was because this knowledge was in God's plan, but sin warped it, and the effects of the fall ruined 
its purity. You see what I'm saying? The knowledge of good and evil was pure back then, but now it's warped by sin. We were to have this knowledge of good and evil all along, but impurity and perfection. Now this knowledge has been skewed and warped because of sin and the effects of the fall. Paul encouraged the church and us that the weapons of our warfare can be used to demolish the haughty arguments that the devil uses to cause doubt in us and others. And these weapons are mighty in God and are powered by him, and they can be used to destroy these arguments piece by piece. But you and I need to have this knowledge, and we gain this knowledge by being in his word. Having the knowledge of God is our weapon. It's a divine knowledge, and it's ours from the beginning. But God removes the impurity and makes it whole again through Christ Jesus. It is this knowledge that delivers us and sets us free, but also empowers us. This knowledge is eternal and will never fail us, unlike the knowledge of this world, which is always changing. The knowledge of God is victorious. I'll say that again. The knowledge of God is victorious because Jesus is victorious. So being in God's word is where we find that knowledge of God. How can you use the divine knowledge to battle untrue thoughts that take over your mind? Remember this passage in Corinthians. Memorize it. Go to it. When the lies that we aren't good enough attack us, when the lies are God isn't true, when the lies come to us at night, we can combat that lie with the truth. I don't need to be good enough. God is good enough. His word is truth, and I can trust him. When the lie of doubt and fear overwhelms us, we can recognize it and give it over to God, who reveals to us in his word the truth, that he lives today and conquered death for us once and for all. And we have nothing to fear if our God is for us. So jot down some lies that tend to overtake you, and then jot down the truth that conquers these lies. And why is it important for the Christian to be able to recognize these lies and combat them with the truth of God? Paul wrote, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Years ago, I was blessed to have a mentor who helped me during some rough times. I would come to her with a complaint against my husband about our finances, and I would express to her my fears of the unknown. And she would always reply by taking me to God's word. She never said, well, I think this, or you should do that. No. She always said, what does God's word say? And she would take me to God's word because God's truth, she knew, was the only weapon to defeat the strongholds in my mind. And she was right. And she took me to this, to this passage in Corinthians. She taught me how to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now I know to recognize the lies and bring every thought captive. Captive to what? The perfect obedience of Christ. Notice how Paul doesn't ask believers in Corinth to look to him. 
No, he takes them to the obedience of Jesus. In chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians, Paul reminded believers not to look to the outward appearance or commend others according to their deeds, but to always remember whose we are. We are in Christ. We belong to him. And Paul ended the chapter by encouraging believers then and us today to always point others to Jesus, just as my mentor did. He wrote, But he who glories, let him glory in the Lord, for not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. When our minds dwell on the glory of and the sufficiency of Jesus, the troubles of this world begin to dim. When we focus on the eternal and not the temporal things of this world, we are empowered by the Spirit. When we focus on all that Jesus has done for us, we smother those unwanted thoughts and hold every thought captive to Him. How does thinking on Jesus and His perfection offer you hope in your daily life? What are some practical ways you can take every thought captive to obey Jesus? And in what ways is God far more sufficient to handle our intrusive thoughts than we are? Take time today to call out to God. What did you learn about the Lord today that comforts and maybe challenges you? I'm glad you joined me for this lesson in It Is Well With My Soul Bible Study. Be blessed and until next time, stay in God's word of truth. That's where the hope is.